Hello! We are recording our inaugural episode of Nerd Share, where we share our experiences and relationships with all things nerdy, uh, like video games, comic books, movies, and anything we just had an interest in as kids growing up in the mid-90s, early 2000s, video game boom era and uh, how that shaped us as people. So let's get started. I'm Lauren. I'm Chris. And let's share some nerdy stuff. Uh, so really one of the first things that made me a nerd, I guess, would be my first foray into video games. Um, I have an older sister who wasn't interested in that, and I played my first video game with a family friend's son who had Doom on the PC way back in the day. What about you? For me, I grew up. I grew up classically. I started with I started with a NES. I had the Super Mario slash Duck Hunt cartridge. So that's what I, that was my first game ever. The NES, NES. Yes. The Nintendo. For the first Nintendo system. Okay. Known as Famicom in Japan. Uh, that's what I, that was my first one. So I spent a lot of time doing Super Mario, going through the castles, getting the fake princess, playing Duck Hunt, pressing the light gun directly to the screen to win all the games because you could <laughs> cheat that way. Or you could put it at a light bulb and do the exact same thing because it was a light sensitive game so you could game the system very well. Um, and from there, I graduated up very quickly. Like, I went from Nintendo to a Sega Genesis to a PlayStation to an N64, and then I went from that to a PS2, and pretty much I've been Sony since PS2, and I've only recently gotten to PC gaming in the past four years. Okay. Yeah, see, I didn't do the... I didn't have the game grow up. I didn't have the evolution of each, each system. I, uh, briefly remember us having a super Nintendo, um, and playing, um, the duck hunt and the super Mario brothers and that obnoxious fucking dog. And he would like, smirk at you <laughs> when you would miss the fucking ducks. Hated that shit. Uh, and, uh, my sister, she played Zelda, but that I think was, it was too advanced for me at the time. So I played Kirby. Remember Kirby? I loved I remember Kirby. Kirby. Kirby was an, is an interesting game. Uh, Legend of Zelda is also a really interesting game because even originally on the NES, it's a very complicated game because it requires you to be really intuitive and to observe the environment and to think outside the box. And it's, one, and it's the reason why it's one of my favorite series of games. Because it does all of those and many more. And it puts in a great story and characters for you. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was just like too hard. Because I, I still have an aversion to games that I think are, are hard or complicated. Um, even now. Um, and so I don't know if I was just at the... I was too young when we had it. Because I feel like we got rid of the console... <sighs> And then it was a long time before I went back to uh, game gaming again with that 
classic Doom PC game that I saw over at a friend's house. So we yeah we didn't have consoles for no, a long no, here's time. The, here's the weird thing, I didn't get access to adult games until I was sixteen, because my mom was actually super strict until I was sixteen on the ratings of games. Yeah. So like I didn't get Doom until it was actually available on N sixty four. So the first time oh, I yeah. played Doom, I played it on the I played the N sixty four version, which was kind of weird. So like I didn't get into I didn't get anything above teen until I was sixteen. Oh wow, yeah. So I mostly stuck to that's why I mostly stuck to Nintendo and Sega because they had most of those games right at that mark. So I didn't get into the games I'm into now until I turned sixteen. Oh yeah, yeah. We, uh, man, I don't even know how old I was when when Doom came out on PC, um, but I remember thinking the. Um, the gameplay was so cool when he was playing it because I just watched because I was just the like neighbor girl so he was playing it and I remember thinking how uh like how cool the like monsters were and it was it was so gory and fun and um and then every now and then I would get to you know I would play with him on his PC but then uh, I don't. I would say most of my gaming came from introductions from other people. Was that is that how you got into it, or was it your own? For me, it was. It was like it was like it was like a progressive. It was like my own like progressive journey. Like I, because I play a lot of games back when rental places were a big thing. So I would go in. I'd find games similar to what I was looking into and what I was playing at the time and I, and I just got through that. So I played a lot of weird games. So like I played, I played Vector Man. I played uh, Abe's Odd World. I played a lot of strange titles. And so it was just like progressive. So like if I liked RPGs, I looked for RPGs and Ro I didn't... Role-playing games. Yeah, role-playing games. Like turn-based. Like a lot of people like to knock on turn-based. I actually really enjoy uh, turn-based games like that. Because lets me think. I don't have to constantly keep on moving on stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, RPGs is is what I play now oh. for sure. But so when you, what do you remember the first time that you were like, I want this video game console? Like when do you remember like asking your parents for an NES or were you like the NES? They got me without asking. Same thing with the Sega, because that's when I was younger, and that's when the systems were, were relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So they were just like, eh, it's whatever, something for, you know, it's, it's what he's interested in, it's, let's get it for It's him. a kid's thing. And then, yeah. and then when we started, and then the, the first one I specifically asked for was Nintendo 64, yeah. because it had Legend of, Zelda, Legend of Zelda Ocarina, or Ocarina of Time, depending upon how you want to pronounce it, because there's two ways to pronounce it, and there's there's a debate on that. I don't know why. <laughs> there's a debate, because some people's like, it's Ocarina, some people are like, no, it's Ocarina. I'm like, is it? Is it really? It's the same. And Pronunciation that of made-up words. Yeah, <laughs> and so that was, that was like the first game I got. I set up the system in my room that Christmas morning, and I think I played it the rest of the day. Yeah. And that was, like, the first time where I was just like, man, I really dig this. I'm really good at this. And Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is also a game that's actually very challenging because there's, there's a lot of intuitive gameplay and puzzles to it, too. Specifically, there's the Water Temple where if you don't do it right, 
you lock yourself out of the rest of the game because you used the wrong key on the wrong door. Oh, shit. See, I would hate that. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe we should clarify our types of gaming. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can probably tell at this point, but uh, I am not a huge gamer. Mm. Um, I I like games. I have a certain set of games that I play and certain ones that I am good at and certain things that I obsess over. But I am not an avid gamer, you would say. Um, But you... I would call myself a classically trained avid hardcore (laughs) gamer. (laughs) Yeah. Classically trained and brought. I keep up with the modern stuff. Um, I play a lot of... I play a lot of first-person shooters... I play a lot of uh, turn-based games. Um, I play a lot of action RPGs. That's probably like my favorite thing because I get the RPG thing that I like, which is character development, customizing my play style, mm-hmm. my armor, my weapons, my spells. But it, I also get that action comment. So, like, to sum me up, like the games I play mostly now are Destiny Two, all of the Souls series. Um, from my hardcore RPGs, I do Path of Exile, Grim Dawn. Uh, Wilson, and then um, those are the ones I pretty much play right now. Yeah, and you, you know, as we record this, we are sitting in your gaming chair in Mm -hmm. front of your dual screen gaming computer that was custom built uh, in our our (laughs) nerd room. So, yeah, so you're definitely more on the hardcore Mm -hmm. mode. And you, you actively stream and yep. and all those things. Too. I uh, I started streaming like three years back. I do it mostly as a hobby. I have I do have a decent amount of followers and views. And what's your what's your name on? Uh, it's it, it's Ignatius Parish, I G N A T I U S P E R R I S H. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I've recently been doing YouTube videos. They're mostly montages of my Destiny Two gameplay uh i'm hoping to expand that but it's just i have to find time to record more stuff because like i'll get on and i'll play and then like which thank you coronavirus yeah (laughs) i I, i'm honestly speaking i might have the next two weeks off from work if it if it keeps going how it's going yeah Um, gamers paradise and the coronavirus but like i just gotta i have to remind myself to hit record when i start playing right otherwise i don't have content right exactly but so yeah, I game far less. Um, I I'm like an all or nothing type, so I I find a game that I like and I play it into the ground, and then I'll stop for a long time. Um, so because I'm a completionist, man, I am a I am a total completionist. So I'll keep playing a game until it is as done as I can possibly be. I'm sometimes a completionist. Like, it depends upon how involved it is. I think, like, the last game that I 100% completed was, I think, Bloodborne. And that was the last game I did, I did, like, 100% Platinum on. And that was a challenge even before the DLC came out for it because that involved a lot 
and getting all the multiple endings, the good, the bad, the really bad, and then the really good ending, Mm -hmm. getting all the weapons, maxing out certain things, getting certain character arcs, because as you play through the game, there are characters in the game you interact with, Mm -hmm. and sometimes interacting with this character and progressing their story will gate off or stop this other character story. So you have to do multiple playthroughs to get everything. Yeah. So all in all, I probably played through Bloodborne, I would say minimum 20 times. Yeah, yeah. I And I've, I'll have i replay <coughs> and replay my games and uh, just... I'll, I'll, I'll wake up and play before I go to work. And then when I get home from work, I'll play. And that's, you know, mostly before I had a child. But, you know, that's that's how I do it. And then I just won't touch it again for a long time. Actually, the only, and, the only game I've played into the ground is Bioshock. Yeah. Bioshock is a game that I've played into the ground and probably will continue to play into the ground just because it's Bioshock. It hits everything I love in a game. Right. And it does it all so good and so right. Like, it's got... It looks good. It plays good. Your character creation is good. Your character is good. The enemies are fun. The interactions are fun. The environments are really detailed and it pulls you in. Um, And the ending is satisfying and the characters are satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, talking about the games that we play into the ground and just kind of like the different games that we play, you said that you, um, you were the type that had all the different consoles that came. The next one, the next one, the next one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually own my first console until PlayStation. Yeah, play, PlayStation. PlayStation was mid '90s. I was like 19. PlayStation was mid '90s. Yeah, um, that was probably the that was the first console that I remember actually like asking my parents for, saying that I wanted a PlayStation. Um, and I remember my parents being like, "Are you sure that's what you want? That's what you want for your one like big gift for your birthday?" And I'm like, yes, I want a PlayStation. <laughs> like, that's what I want. And they, they like, they tried to talk me out of it so long because they didn't think that I would just like, that's not really for you. And, um, but they did, they did, I did get that PlayStation. And then uh, I played it so much. Man, what was those first games on PlayStation? Oh, um, Man, not it's a. Uh, I, can, I can I can literally list the first five that were available for PlayStation. Not not Banjo Kazooie. No, no Banjo Kazooie, but was one of the first games for N sixty four. The 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 one that was like that. What is it? Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, like you had Crash Bandicoot and Ballerina Toshindo. You had I think one of the first racing games, which I yeah, think yeah. which I think was Burnout. Uh, there was there was an RPG release with it. They basically had like the five main types of games released with yeah, it at yeah. that point. So they had a fighter, a racer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a they had a what was what I call platformers, mm-hmm. which was which is that what Crash Bandicoot is. Crash Bandicoot, yeah, Batman. I loved that game. I played that game all the time, and then uh, I played in '64 like with my friends because I you know I did not have the family that was like oh the next console the next console mm-hmm. like um i had the only other things that we had is we had a sega game gear the handheld 
I didn't. I I got a Game Boy. That's all I ever. I only ever got a Game Boy, and then a Game Boy Color, and then a Game Boy Advance. And I stopped at Game Boy Advance. I got a 3DS for a short time, but then I sold it back because I'm like, I really only played it when I traveled. And now that I'm an adult, I I drive. I go myself, so like I don't have that time sink anymore. Yeah, yeah. We we had. I shared the Game Gear with my older sister, and. Man, that Sega game, what, oh man, what were the, the two games that we played on it all the time were, um, the Echo the Dolphin, <laughs> where you were this dolphin. That's such a bizarre game. It was, yeah, you're just this dolphin who swims around, man. Oh, and, <laughs> that game frustrated me for some reason. Yeah, it, it was, it was difficult like you there were lots of things that like you couldn't figure out you're like where do i go it, so like the puzzles were like it wasn't intuitive they were like it was super complicated intuitive with the puzzles like they were super yeah. complicated it didn't control great either and it, it's like nothing was explained to you or you were you weren't even like you weren't even like very basic hints well yeah but uh, yeah it was hard to control because you i don't think the, <clears throat> the sega game gear did not have a thumbstick it had a d-pad but you're a dolphin underwater so you're omnidirectional but you just had your d-pad so it was harder i mean yes you can go in several directions but it's not as easy as if you had had thumbstick right like so uh trying so to, just, it just had thumb pad it just had the d-pad just yeah. the d-pad and so you couldn't it wasn't quite as easy trying to line up when you're supposed to go through little rings of bubbles or whatever so we had that and um, Jurassic Park. Okay, was that Jurassic was a good game. <laughs> it was a fun it was, game. Okay, the classic Jurassic Park games were actually really good yeah. and really like I really enjoyed them because they, you can either play you can either play as one of the humans or you can play as a raptor. Mm -hmm. And the playing as a raptor is hilarious because you, you regain health by just going around and eating little animals <laughs> and and then you know killing the humans you come across so the raptor playthrough is kind of funny because the whole point of the raptor is, is you're trying to get off the island in a crate and I, that, that that entire game was hilarious <laughs> looking that's funny do you remember the the sega game gear was huge so it was a handheld it was it, it was like my wrist it was it, it was like that. yeah yeah it had to be i mean it the sega game gear had to be one of the first you handhelds because it was yeah like, it was game boy it was and maybe then, yeah game boy and then the sega game well gear. the old game boy was basically a brick too right but the game gear imagine a it was like a like a heftier uh a heftier, you, a, a heftier psp a game gear is essentially the exact same size as a nintendo switch but twice right. the weight twice and, twice had, the weight and thickness yeah because you know how it was powered it had, was it, it, had was it, was it, six AA batteries, man. Six. No, it was eight. It was I eight think AA. It was, six. it was either it was eight AA lot. batteries or it was the uh, the large batteries, whatever. No, it wasn't. The, it was just the AA batteries, but it was so many. So oh, like, yeah. you can't go through half a pack of batteries. In like two hours, too. Like you, you, like, it did not last long. No, like it, it would just eat batteries like nobody's business. Our, our, our summer road trips, we would take that thing on summer road trips to visit my grandparents, which is a five-hour drive. And so we would take the game gear. So we would have something to do in the car. And it would suck that thing dry in that one drive and like well because it also had a, it also had a backlit screen it was it was it was yeah that it was, was it, it see, was color yeah it was a color I remember, screen 
driving with the Game Boy like at night, like I had to wait, I had to play at at each street light, yeah, because I had, I didn't have the light attachment for it. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I eventually did did evolve to the the Game Boy Color, uh, and had the and the little plug-in like USB light that would shine on your screen. Um, and it was see-through and purple and very cool. I got the Game Boy Yellow that came with Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. That's how I got my Game Boy Color. Yeah. Because it was a package deal. So then, the evolving from the, the, the handhelds and the first PlayStation, I eventually got a PlayStation 2. Oh, man. Speaking of PlayStation, do you remember when uh, you used to have physical memory cards to save your games? I still have, like, three because <laughs> I have my, I have, I still have three because I have them for my PlayStation Two and from my PlayStation, and that's because they didn't because it was it was there was their first four year in the disc they didn't think to put storage into the consoles themselves yeah yeah I mean because Insta Four had the same issue they you had the memory cartridges for Insta Four that plugged into the back of the the controller right it that that was so crazy because you had you you would get your disc in the jewel case and. A lot of them would have, like, on the inside cover were, like, four slots where you could keep the, like, memory cartridges for that game inside the jewel case. And I'm like, who, did people have that many fucking memory cards? Like... You'd be surprised because they were, they were super inefficient memory cards. They only, right. they only hold, like, um, like they, they hold, like, I think, like, a max of four megabytes of data. Yeah. And that's, like, maybe two game saves, if that. Yeah, so there was, you know, you didn't have a lot of, you, you had to have that stupid cartridge in there uh, if you wanted to save anything, which was crazy. It's crazy to think that that, that was like a, that was like a early thumb drive, I guess. Yeah, no, those are, those are basically early thumb drives. Yeah, that, I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's what those were, is you had like a thumb drive of just your But those are, those were way more susceptible to corruption than anything else in the world. Yeah. You drop it once, corrupt. Yeah. Well, all of those, all those systems. So, PS, PS2 was, I guess, when I had, uh more games i find i was playing more and more variety of games ratchet and clank yeah and... ratchet and, yeah playstation 2 was a was i think a big change to gaming because it brought a lot more a lot more creative game titles and companies in because then insomniac brought ratchet and clank and jack mm -hmm. and, and then we had jack and dexter from insomniac mm -hmm. um no, I'm sorry. Naughty Dog was was Ratchet was uh, Jack and Daxter, and Insomniac Games brought us Ratchet and Clank, which are two really similar games, but they went in two different directions because Jack and Daxter mm -hmm. was more your adventure platformer, mm -hmm. and uh, Ratchet and Clank was more your shooter action adventure platformer. Mm -hmm. So they both had similar things, but they had their own little direction. Yeah, and I think I don't. Uh, I think it might have been for the for the first PlayStation and not PlayStation Two. I had this very um, oh Final Fantasy knockoff game called Chrono Cross. Chrono, Chrono so Chrono so. Cross and Chrono Trigger are actually not a knockoff series. Chrono Cross is a continuation slash spiritual successor to Chrono Trigger, which was an uh, an old school RPG. It's it had that Final Fantasy like feel. well yeah it's um it's done by the guy who does the dragon ball z artwork so the game yeah. has his artwork in it mm -hmm. and it's it's one of the most re it's regarded as one of the best rpgs ever 
That's interesting because I. Uh, and Chrono Cross is not because Chrono Cross it didn't. I thought it was turn based. You know, it, it, it had that... it's it's turn based, but it's got the gauge system. So like, your gauge charges up, and once your gauge is charged, it's typically referred to as the ATV system. So your gauge charges, and once it's charged, it's your turn. So sometimes doing certain things lets your gauge charge faster, and doing certain things lets your gauge charge slower. So it's still turn based in a sense. But it's got this weird gauge system to it. I yeah. could go into great detail about all the turn-based systems that exist. Well, I didn't like it. <laughs> like, I barely played it. But, <clears throat> but mm. the... So, PlayStation 2 would put puts me smack in, I think, middle school, high school with with by the time we get to that console i think yeah ps2 for me was end of middle school freshman year of high school Mm -hmm. and so at that point you know that's when you're you know gaming for reals Uh, (laughs) little was that me am i having a seizure or the lights flicker did you see the lights flicker (laughs) too okay not just me good okay i'm not having a seizure i'm great okay good um so, but play PlayStation Two, and when when you're at that age and you're playing on a full, you know, bigger console and stuff like that, at that point, um, you know, I'm getting more in depth into games. Well, yeah, PS Two was, PS Two gave me a gave access to a huge library of games because then you had all the games that were being made in America, but then it also gave you access to all the games that came from Japan and overseas. Mm-hmm. So I got access to RPGs I'd never even heard of before. So I got I got introduced to uh, the Shin Megami Tensei series, which is this series that mostly evolves around like demons and gods and angels and stuff. Specifically, the first game I played was Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne. Mm-hmm. And it's... You can in the game you play as this guy who eats who gets this magatami in him and it gives him access to demon abilities and you recruit demons you can merge them to new demons as you go along. There's elemental things in it. It's got this thing called the press turn system where if you screw up you lose a turn, but if you keep hitting weaknesses and good plays you can exponentially give yourself unlimited turns that way. So yeah. it's it was a really intuitive and rewarding system that made you think about your your turn based actions mm-hmm. and. That really uh, made me enjoy RPGs like on a whole other level because then that had huge depth. It brought in you know religion and demonology into a game in a really interesting way because after that there was also Digital Devil Saga, which is where your character as a human is infected with a digital virus lets him turn into demons. Mm-hmm. And you have to control yourself and your hunger for human flesh. So that was a whole other good thing. That had the same press turn system. Very fun game. Yeah, yeah. That sounds interesting. I, you know... That's way more in depth than I was, because again, like, I was I was alone in the world of video games as a girl in high school. Like, the, the there were no other girls that I knew that were fans of video games. Um, I had one friend who introduced me to um, my first PC game that I had for myself at that point, which was Diablo Two. Oh, and two. yeah, so <laughs> so I would play Diablo two for hours. That is the and uh, we're talking in the age of when you had one home computer for the whole house that was in like a common room, right? Like, so you didn't have your own. <laughs> like there was no like a playing it in my room or anything like that. Like if I was gonna go play Diablo two, I had to go out into like our home office. And, you know, be yelled at by my mom to stop. And I'm like, I can't stop in the middle of the game. <laughs> like, 
And I'm like, I'm in the middle of fighting this guy. And they were just like, what? they. my parents so did not understand. The the first PC game I ever played was actually StarCraft and WarCraft. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I started, my PC introduction was, was, was RTS. It was real-time strategy games. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was weird going from playing what I've been playing previously to playing that. Because beforehand, I was like, I just go and get what I need. Now I gotta sit there and I gotta, I gotta, you know, generate, I gotta create supply lines, manage my minerals. I gotta build stuff so I can allow myself to have more units. So, like, I I had to keep track of all these different things. I had to keep myself from getting killed by other invading forces. I had to go out and seek out new deposits of minerals and gases to, to advance my tech tree for whatever race I was. It was a completely different paradigm shift in how I had to think of how I was playing. So I had to like plan out, you know, make sure I was doing it the most efficient and fast way. So that made me an even better gamer. Yeah. Because that opened up my thought process a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I that was the first the Diablo 2 <coughs> was was probably the first game that had a very different type of gameplay. Um, and having to get you, and it was a PC game and, you know, having to get used to, dude, and it came with like how many discs, like you had to back in the day, it was like five discs. It was like five discs. Well, if I, if I remember correctly, Final Fantasy VIII came on, Oh yeah. came on eight, di- came on four discs. Final Fantasy VII came on three discs and that was, and that was PlayStation. So I can only imagine Diablo II probably came on like four or five discs. Yeah, it was a lot. And then you had to get the expansion. And it was crazy. I uh, I remember playing that one, and I loved that game. And I have to say that when... And I was excited when Diablo 3 came about not that long ago. Um, and was massively disappointed. At- oh, I believe you. And, like, I, I would say about 80% of the player base for Diablo was greatly disappointed with it. One, I mean, for many reasons, not just the game itself. One, it had a terrible release because they were woefully unprepared with the servers. Mm-hmm. So, like, people had day one issue logging in. Um, they really trivialized your character development. Like, it wasn't even gear-based. Like, in Diablo 2, you could get a skill and you could mod a whole thing around that skill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you could do your equipment, you can enchant it, all of that. And in Diablo 3, it wasn't, like... This skill only has these four modifiers. It only functions in these four ways. This armor set does this to that. This armor set does that. So, like, you couldn't really, like, customize and change your characters. Like, well, I can do a whirlwind barb, or I can do a turret-based demon hunter, or I can do and freeze everything in time and smash it wizard, which is, I mean, it's cool, but it doesn't give me that level of customization I had in, like, in Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't like it for that reason. And also, there was, you know, the real, the real money auction house also wasn't helping that at any point. Yeah, my, my issues have always been, like, mm-hmm. so, as someone who did not grow up with as strong a connection to video games, and as actively playing, I guess, as you, my criticisms of the games that I like and the games that I play have a lot to do with physical gameplay how do you play it how hard is it like how difficult how (coughs) complicated how many buttons do i have to push i could never ever play street fighter in any way other than as a button masher because for me the idea we share that for the the idea of of like memorizing like 
punch, kick, up, down, A, B, like all of the combinations that you have to just fucking remember per character. I'm like, no, 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 hell no. I that's, can't do that. That's the one game, that's the one game type I am absolutely dog shit at. Because I can't remember the combos. I'm terrible at fighting games. There's too much for me to understand what's going on. It's also at this point in time, me trying to jump in, there's, so, there's people that have so much more time spent in it that literally the last time I tried to play like a modern a modern fighter on and with online play, I spent the better half of the match in the corner being juggled in the air. And it just wasn't, it wasn't right. enjoyable in any way. It wasn't like, oh, no, I can get better. It's like, no, I'm not going to get better because I didn't learn anything from being kept in the air for two minutes straight no. and just murdering my face. You're like, I hit every button, like, so I don't like, know what yeah, else I can no, do. I was just like, I, I'm terrible at fighting games. That's just the one game that seems to escape my realm of my realm, my yeah. realm of talent for some odd reason. You have to, you have to, to, to like actively play those games and be good at them. You have to memorize those combos. You have to use the combos and memorize them. I don't think there's any other way to play that game. You can't. I mean, other than just like picking it up to button mash, like you're like you're going into an old you know, arcade and you're doing it joystick style the way that it used to be played, like, uh, then, I mean, and which was button mashing. I mean, but those were the guys. That's where those games came from. The, the, the Street Fighter on the, on the consoles, they came from the old arcade games mm-hmm. where the culture of that was you, you took your money, you went to the arcade. And you got better and, and better. And you got better and better. And so you remembered what combos did what. See, because that's what things. I used to do. Like, my, my, when I was growing up, my dad had a bowling league with work. And so every Tuesday, he'd go, we'd go down to the bowling alley, and I'd sit there, and he'd give me, like, a handful of cash, and I'd spend, you know, the four hours, we the four or five hours we were there in the arcade there. And they had, they had old school shooter Area 51, they had racing games. They had fighter games. They had Killer Instinct, uh, Virtua Fighter, and whatever. I can't remember what the other old one was. And so I just sink time into that. Like, I used to be good at it, but that's when you had a stick and three buttons. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Or it was the point <clears throat> and shoot with the, with the shooter games. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I love the old the, the shooter games. The Area 51, man. That game was so much fun. I love that thing, which probably explains why I like to just shoot real guns. <laughs> it's because I was. It's because so... it's it's a simple and a satisfying it thing. It's it a, it's immediate cause and effect, and it's immediate gratification. Pull yeah. trigger, bang, it's gone. It's yeah. that's I think that's I think that's also why Doom is so popular is because it's like immediate gratification. Yeah, yeah. Well, so in. In growing up with games, so did you have a culture of gamers around you when you were growing up? I did not. I did not have a culture of gamers around me when I was growing up. So do you, would you say that, you know, I think what's something that, something that's different today than when we were kids Oh, it's very different now. Yeah, like there's 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 a community of gamers now. There's a community of people. See, because growing up, Gamers, we were like outcasts. Right, right. I mean, I was already an outcast because I was I was a nerd and straight A's in school and stuff and doing all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, video games were like an outcast. We're like, 
It was very niche. It was very kept quiet. It wasn't yeah. mainstream in any way or form. Yeah. It was looked down upon. It was demonized even to certain points by well, yeah, certain yeah, things. Yeah. It was blamed for a lot of crap that it, it wasn't responsible for. Well, yeah, we grew up in the we grew up in the peak of the video game violence uh-huh. era. Is you know because we because we we were in school when you know columbine and 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 all of those the you know the mass shootings and the and the bombings in the high schools and the things like that when that was unfortunately it's a thing again but that when it was a thing the first time around um and you know there that's when there was all of this flack and all of this this implied criticism and and everything on you know video games being violent and that's what's making our kids violent is because of video games or rock music or whatever. Yeah, so we grew up we grew up in a time when a lot of that stuff was demonized and outcast and downtrodden. It had a lot of stigma and on on the video on being a gamer and playing video games. And the paradigm shift for that didn't I don't think really happened until I almost want to say my high school, my 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 senior year of high school, which was like two thousand four. Like it was, it was so bad. It didn't start to shift to what it is now until until after the until like four years into the two thousands. So that would be Xbox. I would say it started to shift when console generation three. I think is when it did. So when games like. Um, Halo. Halo, I think, was probably one of those games that was a pivotable, a pivotable, that's not a word, uh, a pivotal turn in um, more people playing games because it's, you know, it's capture the flag. It's capture the flag in a video game. And so... Violent it, capture the flag, but yeah, it's still capture yeah. the flag. But but it, it allowed, but, you know, oh, capture the flag in, like, cool spacesuits. You know, so it was, it was a departure. It's not... <coughs> It's not like, you know, Call of Duty, which is a a legit warfare type game. Call of Duty is always going to be... It's, I feel like Call of Duty will always be a part of the gaming industry. Like, it's always going to exist. Because I, I used to be big into it. I played Call, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 and 2. I stopped with Black Ops. I was like, you know what? This game isn't any different. The only thing that's ever going to change is the graphics... And the weapons. Everything else is, this, is the exact same experience in this. So yeah. I stopped playing around about the time that Black Ops came out. That was the last one I played. I put a lot of time into it. I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this series. I feel like this series isn't doing me any good. I'm not learning anything from it. I'm not improving from it. I'm just going to put this one down. I'm glad I put it down, too. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember, I remember Halo being one of those games where I felt like there was all of a sudden a boom in the amount of people who were playing. And because it was one of those things, it was one of those games that had kind of come around again. Because, you know, everything kind of ebbs and flows. And so I remember when we were in, you know, prime N64 era, we had, there were lots of games on N64 that was a lot of multiplayer, right? Like... Um, Mario Kart and 007, and I remember having the the, the, the four split screens on on a t- on a tiny TV, and you're all trying to see your own little screen and playing with this, with a room full of people, and we would have more than four, and you'd switch out controllers, and you'd switch out who plays. There what. Were, there was there was many a Friday night into a Saturday and Saturday afternoon where it was just me, sixteen friends, and N64, Goldeneye, yeah. and Mario Kart. Yeah. L- Little Caesar's Pizza and... Right. 
Because that was the big pizza place that, back yeah. when I was growing up. It, it was it was like Little Caesars Pizza Hut or bust. Like nothing yeah. else mattered. And uh, and we'd sit there and just play and switch off, accuse each other of screen cheating, mm-hmm. no odd job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it was... So look at my screen. And really, <laughs> when we want to get really annoying, you do slappers only. And I'm just like, whoever designed GoldenEye has never seen body karate chop because your arm, <laughs> arms don't move like that. It's just oh, like, no. I'm just if like, you, what the heck, man? If you replay Golden Gun uh, 007, you, yeah, so there's lots of stuff like that. But the amount of of customizability that you had to the game itself was awesome. Talk, talking about a world of mods nowadays, where you can you can make an entire landscape be made out of Nicolas Cage's face, you know. But this was a world of mods that were built into the game, or, right? Or semi modded uh, Morrowind to have every sound effect be uh, Tim Allen's grunt from Home Improvement for some it. odd reason. Exactly. So things that were unnecessary. But you talk about like. They had these modifications, like, because I remember, I was I was always playing video games with people who were older than me, and so they had the ability to make it easier for me, like where they could they could lower my ability to my, or like increase my health or whatever. So like, that took a, a lot more to get me, so I wasn't just losing, which was very kind of them. Um, but you know, you could do all the things where you had the different weapons and you could make it like was there like a squirt gun or there's a hand grenades only there's a it was all these different things that you could do to 007 to change the 007 007 was one of the first games to have not only cheats in it available but it had like over 50 different cheats you could put on it was one of the first games to have a paintball mode yeah yeah so instead of bullet holes you would leave paintballs yep one of the first one to have Big head or big body, so you'd be walking around like giant bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did it have? Yeah, it had like golden. So it had the golden gun mode, which is where you know you one shot kills. Mm-hmm. So you've you've got three characters, with regular guns. So you got the man with the golden gun, and so he mm-hmm. can one shot anybody. Um, it just it was one of the first games. That, you can also go back and replay stages. One of the first games where you could like go back and redo stuff with different cheat codes on, mm-hmm. and it was really fun in that way. Yeah, but I, so that that's back in the N sixty four era, and we're playing games like you know Mario Kart and things like that. Things that you that were there were a lot of multiplayer games on Nintendo, and Nintendo in general has always been a very multiplayer centric platform. You know, they've always with things like the Wii and now the Switch that have this this. Uh, emphasis on sharing with people. Yeah, or... um, Nintendo's. I mean, Nintendo was when they first started. They were big on family, so everything was multiplayer. Right, right. And then um, around the time that PS2 came out is when Xbox came out, and that's also mm-hmm. that's also when N64 was switched over to GameCube, like right at that point. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, Xbox had all the multiplayer games. At that point, until Sony. And Nintendo were focusing a lot on single player mm-hmm. because that's when they had the Mario Sunshine, Metroid Prime, they and most of theirs and the new they had the Wind Waker, and then they also had uh, Twilight Princess, which came out later, which he later put on the uh, Wii. But PlayStation Two had a lot of single player games, like it had Ratchet and Clank, it had Jack and Dexter, it had Metal Gear Solid, it had its slew of Japanese and American RPGs. You know, Dragon Quest, uh, the Shin Megami Tensei series, Final Fantasy, uh, and a lot of those were exclusive. 
So that was also a point where you saw like a divergent in consoles being notorious for what their games were. So Microsoft became known as multiplayer city. Uh, Sony became known as an R- as the uh, kind of like RG the RPG behemoth that it was. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo was kind of a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I remember like I feel like there was a like we were saying this boom in more people getting into uh video games when we were i was probably in the middle of high school and like you were saying present into high school when when games like um i mean the the madden games had been around for a long time forever and so you've got your dude your dudes who want to play football um but then um, and I think, and the, like, the NBA games, all those sports it was, games. It was Madden, it was NBA, and for some odd reason, soccer. Yeah, the FIFA. FIFA. Yeah. FIFA! The, the, those games. And the, um, well, yeah, because it's EA Sports. Like, that's what it yeah, was, e, right? Yeah, because EA Sports was, like, a juggernaut back in the day. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. so much now, no. but back in the day, a huge juggernaut. Yeah, and... But, so I feel like, for whatever reason, there was this, uh, like, I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of research or something, other things that were going on in time, but I remember there being this influx of just every dude bro playing video Um, games when Halo became popular. I think there were several reasons. I think, one, up until that point, the games had been, the gaming consoles had been high up in price, like they'd been up in the upper 200s. And there was a price drop where they they went they went into like the, into like the one forties range. That's true. That's so one one thing that led to that was the prices dropped. Uh, the libraries for the games got bigger. Yeah. Multiplayer came into the thing. The internet became a thing at that point. So you had online multiplayer, not just couch co-op. Right. That gave that's around the time of two thousand four right. is when the the uh, online multiplayer quotient came into play. Right. They also retooled on, their a, app, con- on a console because on we, a console. we had. We had had yeah, PC. PC had had multiplayer for years before that. We used to have LAN parties, man. Well, also that's also the point in time when internet was no longer dial-up, and we had high. We had the first yeah, yeah. iterations of high-speed internet, so yeah. that also helped that. They also really changed their marketing campaigns because if you look at the commercials and marketing pre two thousand and post two thousand, they're very different and much better targeted. Mm-hmm. And I think I think those three main things is what led to it growing so much. Well, when we were seeing the boom of companies like GameStop and um, oh crap, what was that other one? Who was their competitor that no longer exists? Oh, EB Games. Yeah, there, there we go. They yeah, bought yeah. they bought EB they Games. Right. There was also Funko. There there was like five. There was like I think a ten, a list of ten places that specifically deal with video games. games. And on top of that was GameStop, EB Games, which they bought out. Mm-hmm. Funko Land, which took everything both old school and new. Because you had a couple of those subsidiary ones where it was like, we do everything from Nintendo games all the way up to current. Yeah. You know? And they specialize in like, mm-hmm. you know, collectibles and stuff too. So you had like those weird like hodgepodge stores. Yeah. So I think you're right. So I think the... the Suncoast. Because you also had Suncoast. Right. I th- so I do think the the boom of people playing video games had a great deal to do with the sudden availability of them yes so with consoles being lower in price and so easier to get it was no longer <coughs> considered such a luxury item more more middle class families that's, that's very good i think post 2000 was considered a luxury item i think that's why yeah and so then it it, it became something that more middle class families could have was was you know a game console some everybody had a game console at that point and then uh, we're now we're talking about the demise of the 
uh, video store and the uh, rise of, of subscriptions like yeah, Netflix. I mean, un- I mean, unfortunately, like, 2004-05 is kind of when the guillotine for video stores, arcades, and other things along those lines was first raised and put into position. Yeah. And then I think around 2010, 2012 was when it finally hit. Because there were a few... It had to be that, earlier than that. It was earlier than no, that. No, a couple of the video stores managed well, to, yeah. hold, to hold on because they, they still offered the videos, but you could also do the digital for them because they, they, they tried to offer both, but mm-hmm. it didn't work out. Yeah, but so, again, availability increased with the things like... Um, what is it? The, the, the Gamefly. Gamefly. Gamefly, where you could literally just have new video games mailed to you all the time like for, that for a for yeah for a flat monthly fee right you could have a max of i think i think originally it started you could have a max of three games sent to you and then they upped it to five if you went to like their premium service which and you could keep them as long as you wanted to and then send them back when you got tired of them and then you get five new games you just queue up your stuff right. and they send it to them from you which was a genius thing and and like i feel like the cost of that was definitely comparable to well probably even better than because I don't remember it being that much man like I I, I prices of video games have definitely changed because they used to be like 20 30 bucks a pop and now it's no, like 60, 60 70 a pop and the funny thing is they charge the same for if I buy it on if I buy a digital copy it's still 60 bucks I'm like why is it 60 bucks a digital copy no. I'm not I'm not paying for you you don't have to pay to manufacture a case physical disc instruction book any of those it should be at least I'll go I'll go middle ground with you I'll go 40 for a digital, yeah, I feel like that's appropriate. Because if they do that, then they then there's no incentive for people to get physical copies yeah. anymore. But um, unless you're somebody like me who likes like things like collectors. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at our room. Like I, I know, mean, yeah, we've got one thing full in a closet, still full of other collectibles. Yeah, I know the the, the collectability of things is our downfall. Um, but but yeah, because I think thinking, <laughs> thinking about like how much videos video games costed. To fucking rent, man. When you would go and you would rent a new, like, like say, a new game. It was, what, like, two bucks? Right. It was dirt cheap to rent a game for the weekend. But, but, you, but you only got it for two days. Yeah. So you're thinking about these RPGs or these games that have this long, or, or even games like Halo. That is a long play game because you can play the same shit over and over again. So what's the point of having it for two days? Oh, okay, great. Oh, I want to keep playing it. Yeah, so you're either going to buy it. Or you're just going to keep what? You're going to keep renting it for $2 Well, I think that's something else that led to the demise of video stores as providing video games to. Is because, like, back when I was growing up, most video games available on, you know, Sega, N64, and Nintendo, you could beat in, like, a weekend. Because they they had, like, a maximum, like, maybe, like, a 10-hour campaign, mostly. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, crap. Uh, what game was I playing recently? Uh, I, I played through Code Vein recently. That's got like a 30-hour campaign on it if you rush. Yeah. So you can't really... You can't really just rent one for a couple of days. And so with Netflix and Gamefly and all these subscription services making games readily available easily available we had in the decline in the uh i guess i don't want to say the decline in the cost but this this lower cost uh consoles and 
this huge boom in the gaming happened and we're seeing it you know we were seeing more and more things and that's when we started to see the the bigger jockeying for uh, console position when it came between Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo slunk away a little bit there in that time when because they just could not keep up man I don't care they couldn't keep up with what Xbox and PlayStation were doing. Yeah, the so like, I mean, within the first year of Xbox and PlayStation Two dropping, they were already handed at Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty and PlayStation Three. Like, they already had like the next console generation planned, right? And they were advertising it, right? Nintendo was just was in, and they were also then they were really in Nintendo and Xbox. No, I mean Xbox and PlayStation really pushed the uh, graphics thing. Graphics was the big push right. for them. Nintendo wasn't about graphics. Nintendo they went has, they and went I, I think that's why Nintendo is really great to me is because. They have this high standard of quality of their games. Right. Like they have very few third-party games on their consoles, and very and very few second-gen games. Everything's everything's first-party or in-house for them. Yeah. And that's why, like recently, they said they were going to release a new Metroid game, but it's like you know what? It's not the snuff. We're not going to release it. We're going we're going right. to cut. We're going to cut it, and we're going to go back to the to the uh, to the base with. And um, while while that's you know that's admirable as a company and as as a gamer who who expects and then gets a higher quality of game, it put them uh, lower on the uh, totem pole there for a while, and they were just doing handhelds. You know that's when we saw you know I don't know every iteration of it went from Game DS. Boy. Yeah, it went from <laughs> it went from Game Boy to Game Boy Advance to Game Boy Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, which was the folding one that had the backlit screen, and then you had um, the, the Nintendo DS. DS, and then you had the 3DS, and now essentially their console is still still portable. So they basically like you know what we're really great at portables. Let's just make our main console a portable. They, they did the Wii, and then yeah, now you have this, this thing, the Switch, but. So, right as we were, and so I, I, I mentioned it for, for a minute, but um, before this bigger boom, like I was saying, you know, there was still a, a smaller community. So, I, I remember starting to find the community of gamers in my school, right? Because, like you said, it was niche. So... It was not everybody. It wasn't as easy as something that you could do like that. So I had to find the group of gamers as I was... I didn't have a group of gamers. Not in, not in my high school and not even in my first few years of college. So we had a, um, a LAN place. So you had your... I don't remember what it was called. But you had your the local area network uh, shops, right? Where you could go in... And you could play on the PCs with everybody there. And this was also back in the time of, like, they would have lock-ins and we would just play games. And, uh, excuse me, I remember it being, it was still just a small group. And it was this fringe, it was a fringe group of kids, right, who were in the gamers. And I was still trying to hold on to my, uh... My non my non nerd friends couldn't couldn't let my nerd show too much, so I didn't do that very much, and um, which sucks. Which is why you know now in the situation that we we are in, where we are a couple of gamers, um, 
finding finding your group, finding your your people, somebody to connect with about the same nerdy culture that you enjoy is a awesome thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's because because I don't think anybody I don't think anybody nerds lightly. You know, like I think if you're a nerd about something, you you know, you go hardcore with it. It's 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 part of your it's part of your personality. It's part of who you are. You you know, so it's not something that you know, it's not a hobby. It's not a hobby like other like regular people have. <laughs> yeah, so, so like we're at this at this point in time in in 2020 Gaming and nerdum is went from being a niche thing to it's integrated into our cult, into our culture in like almost every facet I can think of now. It's part of our history. There's museums for it. It's in yeah. books. It's, there's television shows, documentaries. If you can if you can think of something that's gamer or nerd related, there's something for it now. But yeah, like we we even have our own esports thing, and there's even certain esports games they're mm-hmm. they're even considering for like. They're considering doing like a gaming Olympics at this point, right? So I mean, you know, as as nerds in the modern era, um, who grew up in a in a culture that both, you know, gave us gave us the games to play, but didn't like that we played them. It's uh, it's it's neat to have been able to get to a point as adults where you can, you know, you can bond with somebody over over your nerdiness. You can come together. You can share your nerdiness. Oh, and yeah. that's that's uh I think maybe where we will end this first episode for today. Um Indeed. Uh with our shared nerding. Um I hope that uh y'all enjoyed our discussion on the types of games we grew up with and what we what we played and what we liked and our ramblings on all of those topics and yeah we'll see where this goes and see what we can do next time we're really interested to just share some nerd stuff with y'all uh it's a big part of our relationship as a couple is our shared uh nerding and uh so we we wanted to talk about that with other people and uh, see find find some other nerd tribe members I guess and um, so yeah I think we'll we'll probably have some other episodes not just about video games but you know movies and and comics and anything that kind of can be classified oh in yeah that, definitely that nerd and even like tech and things like that anything you can classify as is nerding out over. Um, so, yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. For listening, and, uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you guys next time.